Thank you so much for uh, those of you um, who brought cookies. <laughs> I was kind of looking at those cookies back there, and I thought, man, I should probably save a, a few of these. <laughs> but I really uh, appreciate you catching that vision, and um, it's kind of the way it works as a church. Um, by ourselves, there's no way you know we can make it, but when you get these potlucks and different things like that, we come together with one heart. It's, uh, it's cool how people get blessed. Um, one thing I did want to mention to you before we get into the study is just if you could uh, remember the Arenas family in your prayers. Um, today we went down and we did a funeral. Uh, some of you might know Kathy Gomez. It was her mother that passed away. And uh, just a beautiful, incredible woman. Really, a, uh, as a matter of fact, this couple was a great example of what a, a loving couple centered on Christ is all about. Um, Kathy's mom, uh, Mary Ellen, in the end, she had dementia. And it was just so uh, amazing to me as we would go down and visit Mary Ellen, the way that her husband took care of her. And the testimony that was to the kids, it was just so, so beautiful. And so um, if you can, uh, uh, just maybe you can jot their names down and uh, remember them in your prayers. Um, but today, I, I want to share with you a, a Christmas uh, message, uh, a couple of things that uh, the Lord laid on my heart. You know, I don't know how you guys uh, celebrate Christmas. I think there's some common denominators here. There's some things that we've kind of been brought up in and that we do. Um, and then there's obviously those unique things that we do or, or don't do, even as a family. Um, you know, um, when I think of Christmas, I realize that, that Christ must be the centerpiece of our civilization, of our celebration. And my question for you today is, has he been that? You know, has he been the epicenter? You know, will he be the epicenter? You know, when I think of Christmas and trying to keep Christ in the center, um, I think of expressions of gratitude in prayer to him. You know, I want to uh, caution you that you don't get so busy that you don't pray. And when you pray, I want to encourage you just to tell the Lord once again, thank you. Lord, thank you for coming. Expressions of gratitude and prayer to him. Thank you, Lord, for coming, becoming a baby born to die. Thank you, Father, for giving, forgiving my sins by giving Christ. Thank you, God, for that night you arrived in what would otherwise be a smelly and insignificant stable. And here we are 2,000 years later, um, alive and worshiping you because of that night. You know, and as we endeavor to celebrate Christmas, Lord, please take our five loaves and two fish and multiply them and use them for your glory. You know, please take our family traditions and use them to make our family stronger in Christ. Lord, please take the seasonal, traditional songs that we sing and let them come from the heart. Let them rise to your throne. Oh, Lord, we pray. Please take every single light and let them light the way to you, oh, Lord, the light of the world. Lord, let your care be in every card we send and Maybe every cookie we bake and make and even eat. <laughs> you know, Lord, take these offerings that we do and give them significance. Because really, when you look at it, that's kind of the way life is. 
I mean, we're not much. And I know sometimes we think we're something, but we're really nothing. We're really like the five loaves and the two fish. And we kind of just give the Lord everything that we are. And then he takes it and he anoints it and he gives life meaning. And it's all a matter of motive. You know, when we think of Christmas, we think, of course, of the gifts. And Lord, we pray that every gift would be given, not grudgingly, not out of necessity. But hilariously, your word says that you love a cheerful giver. And the Bible does say in Acts 20, verse 35, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So if you bought a gift grudgingly, don't give it. Keep it. Seriously. Let every gift be received, not only given, but received by looking beyond the gift and to the giver, you know? When you guys get that gift from someone, you know, don't just look at at the gift. You know, I got a Starbucks car. This is so cool, man. I get a peppermint mocha or something, you know? No, just you know, look beyond the, the gift and look to the giver and thank God. You know, not for the possessions, but for the people. Not for the stuff. Because the bottom line is the books will burn and the phones will eventually fail and the clothes will shrink. I've noticed that over the years. <laughs> you know, I just think it's better just to stuff the stuff in your heart and not in your hands by thanking the Lord that anyone would even think of someone like me. You know, and even if you're here today and you may think, well, no one really thought of me this year because I'm getting older. You know how it is when you're kids and then when you get older, you know. Understand, you're still real rich. Why? Because Christmas is all about how God gave his son. And uh, I want to go over to Second Corinthians. If you would join me over there in chapter 9. And just look at one verse, and then we're going to shoot over to John. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, notice what it says here in verse 15. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I think that when we come to Christmas, I mean, there's so many different uh, Bible texts that we can study, and we've kind of seen it, and I've been blessed in, you know, hearing the different teachers and allowing you guys to hear different teachers and, you know, the different texts, Isaiah 7, Isaiah 9, you know, Luke chapter 2, Matthew chapter 1. I mean, you know, you can just go through so many pages and, you know, passages in the Bible, and you'll never exhaust it. And so here I am today I just realizing that I can't exhaust it, but I, I like this verse. I've always loved it. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. I think that when it comes to the gift of God that gave, he gave his son, that really what it should muster up in us is an attitude of, of disgratitude. It really should. A living thanksgiving. You know, I think a large part of Christmas is just wholeheartedly, repeatedly, deeply, sincerely, just thanking the Lord for the Lord. You know, just thanking Him for His indescribable gift. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. 
that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And I think it was one of the credit card companies that called themselves the gift that keeps on giving. I don't know what it was, MasterCard, Visa, one of those guys, right? The gift that keeps on giving. And uh, it's not exactly like that. I mean, you know, you use the, the credit cards and eventually if it's a gift card, you run out. Uh, or if it's one of your own, you got to be careful, huh? Because, <laughs> you know, you bought something for $100 and you end up paying $1,000 for that. And that, that's not the gift that keeps on giving. That's not uh, the, the gift that keeps on giving. That's a lie. As far as I know, there's only one gift that, that keeps on giving. And that's Jesus Christ. You know, he was given to us. The son was given to us. God came down. He was given to us. He was wrapped not in, you know, a gift bag. Nowadays we use gift bags. I don't know. Have we gotten lazy? Is that what it is? I wonder, you know. No offense, you know, but I kind of like tearing into a package, you know. It's kind of cool. I miss those days, but... You know, the cool thing about gift bags, I guess, is that you get one and then you can kind of give it out and it's kind of like a recyclable thing. (laughs) It's kind of funny because you give one out and then it comes right back at you. You guys ever had that? You know, but the Lord Jesus Christ came and and he was wrapped in human flesh. And right there uh, in that feeding trough in Bethlehem, that night, that silent night to one extent, was the Savior of the world. You know, and, and I'm just so grateful to God that he has saved my life. You know, I think it's so easy when we get into this Christian bubble to forget, you know, what God has done for us. You know, it's good every once in a while to remember what, what you were. You know, some of you here, you have incredible testimonies. And I'm so grateful. And I look out at you and I see miracles. But our life was a miracle. All of us here were miracles. You know, when I was, you know, before I was a Christian, I I did drugs and I did all that kind of stuff. And I was addicted, you know, to all these things. And I have a feeling that I would have ended up in in prison or dead or just, you know, absolute nothing without Christ. You know, my my wife, on the other hand, she was, you know, a good person, never got drunk, never did any of that stuff. and, And yet she would have been just as lost as I would have been without Christ. You know, but we might forget that. And that's why it's so cool to be able to celebrate Christmas. And, you know, really it's something that we do every day of the year, but this time of the year it just kind of is just God's way of reminding us, you know, that he has, you know, saved us from our sins. This is the gift that keeps on giving. You know, um... And I just want to encourage you guys to to focus on him. You know, I can already hear some Christians say, well, you know, I think it was cool, Manny, that you gave away the the gifts today. But, you know, just to let you know, I'm not into the gifts. Yeah, it's not about the gifts. And, and, you know, that's cool. Um, There is something, though, about getting, you know, a little something from someone. It doesn't have to be extravagant, but just the, the act of kindness, the thought behind it that's special. But I, I think that, you know, we are into gifts uh, in one sense. And tonight I want to kind of turn it around and I want to look at some spiritual gifts because Jesus is the gift that keeps on giving. You know, and I have a feeling that if we 
open our hearts tonight, if we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, if we look around at the world that's dying around us, we will realize that God wants to to just awaken us, that God wants to breathe on us, that God wants a revival. And he's ready to move, he's ready to return, but he's looking for individuals that are willing to kind of, you know, say, Lord, here am I, send me. Lord, is there a gift under the tree for me? Lord, is there more of you? Lord, is there maybe even something I can give back to you this Christmas? You know, I think we're into gifts. You may not realize it, but we are. You know, how about the gift of salvation? Anybody into that gift? (laughs) Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is everlasting life, right? The gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Salvation is a gift, you know, and we have our, our ways of kind of understanding it to a certain extent. But man, you know, it's mind boggling when you think about it. It's an indescribable gift. How about the gift of the Holy Spirit? You ever think about that one? I was thinking today and I was trying to think today about the different gifts that I've been given over the years. And I'll be honest with you, it's pretty cool. You know, some of them, you know, they kind of just faded. They just kind of were not that big of a deal. Um, But others, they changed my life. I looked up at my bookshelf and I said, that book that was given to me that Christmas, it changed my life. And this gift over here, and I remember when I got the, the, the camera, this video camera, and, you know, um, things that hopefully are used for God's glory. You know, there's gifts that are just so cool that God can use. And when I think of the gift that we've been given of the Holy Spirit when we were saved, Uh, It just blows me away. Acts 2.38, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, in one sense, it was all given to us that Christmas night. I don't know if we realize the depth and the significance and the power of that gift. On that first Christmas night, the gift of the Son, the gift of salvation, the gift of the Holy Spirit, who now came and, you know, the Bible says he lives in you. You know, we read that in the Bible. The scriptures tell us that we are the temple of the living God. And, you know, that's such a cool uh, thing to to fathom, you know, but doesn't that kind of, you know, blow your mind? I mean, can you figure that out? How does God fit in you? And sometimes we we think of that God in me, everything about God in me. And, you know, we might just wonder, well, how does it work? It's all part of the indescribable gift. The indescribable gift of God becoming man, the indescribable gift of salvation, everlasting salvation, the gift of indescribable gift of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. And then we read not only when we got saved, but even subsequent to salvation, over in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? I mean, I just, you know, he's the gift. 
that keeps on giving, huh? I mean, he gives us salvation. He gives us his Holy Spirit. And not just one time, you guys. He continues to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, I know there are different, you know, you know, thoughts and theological ideas when it comes to pneumatology and how that all works and you know, but I know this that he's speaking to his sons and he's speaking to more uh, a power upon their life. And I would say that now we're venturing in to something that become that can become very practical in the year 2010. Because when you look back on the year 2010, and it's such a good place to be, I love the fact that Christmas is at the end of the year. Now it's the beginning of a new year. In one sense, it's a new beginning for us. And when you look back at your year, you know, thank God for the grace and the blood and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. But man, you know, how did you do? And I think for a lot of us here, you know, when we look back, you know, we look back with probably some regret. Lord, you know what? I, I think God shows us sometimes that when, it, when in all reality, when it all comes down to it, if you're honest and you should be honest, you're holding back. You're holding back. You're, you're, so many of us are not running the race with passion. You know, we're not praying like we should be. And, you know, you know maybe you've heard a, a million studies on prayer, but... I'm telling you right now, God can give you victory in your devotional life, in your time with the Lord, in your time in the Word, in your time in prayer, in your listening to the Holy Spirit as He gives you personal direction. You know, because I know and, and my heart just aches that God just doesn't, He doesn't want us to just kind of, you know, be average. He wants a passion in us. And so, you know, we look back and we're thinking tonight, 2010, we're talking about gifts. We're talking about the gift that keeps on giving. Lord, you say that you will give your Holy Spirit. You know, one of the interesting things that, that takes place, and I, and I almost was, um, I almost tripped out on this. I guess I did trip out on it. You know, Shelly said that uh, one of my kids, I won't say who, but it's a he, um, <laughs> He was looking around for gifts. He's snooping around, man, looking in drawers and things like that. And and, and Shai's all, you know what? I ain't gonna put any out because I know that he'll open them ahead of time and things like that. And I'm like, oh, he wouldn't do that, would he? <laughs> and I was thinking, you know what? Maybe maybe he would, you know. But but anyways, the the point that I'm trying to make is that you know. In that case, it's probably you know, not good. But there's something about just knowing that God is a giver, that God is giving gifts, that God has his Holy Spirit. You know, that if you're here today and you're struggling and maybe it's an addiction, or maybe it's anger, or maybe you're, you're failing in you know, just your emotional life or your marital life or whatever the situation is, you know, you're, you shouldn't be a spiritual pauper. You are children of the king. And there's these gifts that God says, you need this. You need this. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. 
And you look at that and you're like, okay, with, in, and upon, you know, the Holy Spirit. We see him, more of him. How does that work? I thought he already lives in me. And, you know, and I think we kind of go back to Second Corinthians 9.15. Thanks be to God for his what? Indescribable gift. There's not enough. I don't know enough. I'm still here on this side of time. But I know this, that, that it's the gift of God available to us. As we yield our life to him. And not just the gift of salvation or the gift of the Holy Spirit when we got saved. Or the gift of the Holy Spirit after we got saved. How about the gifts of the Spirit? You guys ever think about that? Oh man, you know what? I'm not, I'm not into this gift thing that you're talking about tonight. You know, I, ah, uh, you know, and... And yet, what does the Bible say? If that's your attitude, you're unbiblical because the Bible says, but earnestly desire, earnestly desire the best gifts. We should have a desire. Why would you want gifts? To glorify God. That's why. You know, to edify the church, to build up the people. I know this for sure, man, that in our hearts, and I know that in my hearts and in your hearts, that God has stirred up this thing that I see that's real, that really cares for the welfare of the people. I see that. I see the love here. You know, but our best efforts won't cut it. It's got to be God. And it's got to be the gifts of the Spirit and not just one or two or three. All, every person here has gifts that are available to them. And as you're there and as you're looking under the tree, that, that cross where Christ died, there's gifts that are there for you. That as you open your heart, you know, those gifts are kind of like open to you. And, and you receive that anointing of the Holy Spirit. And then God, what he does is a wonderful work. 1 Corinthians 12.4, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. 1 Corinthians 12.9, to another faith, by the same spirit. To another gifts of healings, by the same spirit. I mean, gifts of healings, gifts of teaching, gifts of helps, gifts of tongues, gifts of, of the interpretation of tongues, gifts of teachers. I mean, you go through the whole line there. Evangelists, pastors, missionaries. And you may say, well, not me. Yes, you. God can take anybody. God can take your life and use it for his glory. He's just looking for a couple of people who really believe in these gifts. Hebrews 2 verse 4. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, there in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 4, he's talking about God, you know, bearing witness and you know, the gifts of the Spirit, they, they, you know, they bear witness. I mean, here we are, we're preaching the gospel. Here we are, we're sharing the love of God. Sometimes, though, the Spirit of God will come in and he'll, he'll make it manifest. He'll make it evident. And he'll say, you know what, what they're doing is true and it's evident for them to see. But, you know, a lot of times what ends up happening, you guys, is we've got this tree and, you know, there's these gifts under the tree. 
And I haven't done this yet, but do you guys ever go to the gifts and see if any of them have your name on it? Do you guys ever do that? <laughs> Just out of curiosity? Nobody here does that? Okay. Um, I used to do that when I was a kid, but, but let's just say now from a Christian perspective, we should start doing that. Lord, does this one have my name on it? And you start looking under the tree. Because if not, there's gifts there that are for you that you never opened up. And God said, I gave this to you. This was your calling in life. This was your destiny was there for you and to me when I think of Christmas and I think of Jesus I think of the gift that keeps on giving you guys it's not over I don't care how long you've been a Christian there's more there's more because as we continue to live the days are getting worse I was tripping out today I was just tripping out You know, uh, doing this funeral and sharing this message and looking. uh, And I don't know if I've ever, you know, experienced this before because I've done funerals in the past. But today when I was doing the funeral, and it was a a large group of people just looking at the faces of individuals that were rejecting the message while I was preaching. And, you know, looking down and giving me dirty looks. You know, say, I'm going to get you, that type of thing. I'm like, man, these people are hard, you know. And that's what's happening in the world that we live in today. You know, I'm telling you this, man, that your casual, average Christianity is just not going to cut it anymore. People have seen too many hypocrites. They've seen too many Christians who really don't care, who are in it for the wrong reasons, who end up falling. And so they're looking at your life and they're watching you and they're going to see, well, is this individual real? And we need to be real. Are you real? God needs to give us that strength. When you think of the gifts of the Spirit, you think of the supernatural endowment in which God gives weight to your words and unction and function to your actions. And there's that place and there's that power And there's that purpose for you in the body of Christ for which you have been miraculously equipped. And, you know, you can go on and on and on. You're like, huh? And then I think again, oh, yeah, it's an indescribable gift. I mean, there's not enough words. There's not like enough in my vernacular and my vocabulary to tell you how much God loves this world. And how he is looking for saints that are sold out. How he's looking for people that are real. I'm not trusting in my own righteousness. If I trust in my own righteousness, God can't use me. And none of us here are good enough. Because you're probably looking at your life and you're thinking, well, Manny, I'm not good enough. We're not. I'm not saying you go out and sin. You know, you be holy. But understand, our only hope is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And as you believe in his blood, as you cling to his cross, he'll take you and he'll, he'll use your life. Because that's what he wants to do. He wants to bless you by using you. Now, I don't know what you think life is all about. You know, it's cool. Um, you know, 
the things that we get to enjoy. But really, life is primarily about enjoying God and exalting God. It's primarily about being used to help people. That's what it's all about. Even today, I think that we're living in a world that's tired, huh? Anybody here tired? You're like, Manny, yeah, I could use some of that coffee right now and some of that cookies right now. And I try to get loud, but you guys still get tired. Ah, no. We're not getting any rest um, because we don't even know what rest is. You know, rest is not watching TV. Did you know that? Rest is not going on vacation. You probably know that, huh? What's rest? What's true rest? True rest is is time with God. It's time of contemplation. It's times of prayer. And, you know, we've got this work to do. And, you know, I kind of sent out this question the other day on Facebook. I said, what do you think, man? Is it is it more important to, you know, to rest after the work? Or is it more important to rest in order to finish the work? And the answer is that you're not going to finish the work unless you rest. Unless you rest in the Lord. That's kind of what the, the Sabbath is all about. Sitting at his feet, drawing our strength from him, getting our marching orders from God and not ourselves and then going out and finishing the work because he's given us these gifts you guys that he wants us to have you know James 1.17 says every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and it comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You see, the gift of God and the gifts of God and the mystery of the manger and the core of Christmas and the reason for this season is in some ways indescribable, but in other ways it's not. What we need to understand, we can. You know, the infinite became finite, the eternal became mortal, God became a man so the fallen might be forgiven. God came to earth so that you and I can go to heaven. And I think that we see this real quick in one last passage and then we'll close here. If you would go over to John chapter 1. I want to ask you guys this this question. Are, Are you excited about the gift of Jesus? Are you excited about this? Isn't this awesome? He's given us the gift of, of Christ. And it's this gift that keeps on giving. You know, the gift of more of the Holy Spirit. The, the gift of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit. And what it is, it's all about, you know, just God coming down to save us. We read here in John 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Um, There, when it refers to the beginning, it takes us back to Genesis 1.1. It's before time, basically. It says it it was the Word. and, And there's so much history here that we don't have time to get into. But 
This is the expression of God. The Greeks would understand. The Jews would understand. This is a word that described God close to them. There was the word. The, the word is logos. Can you think of any English word we get from that Greek word, logos? Logo. Good. Good. Okay. Jesus was the logo. The expression of God, when you saw him, you saw God. It was an amazing thing. It says, and the word was with God. And that word right there speaks of that fellowship that he had with the Father face to face. And the word was God. Now, I've told you guys this before, but, you know, they didn't have this back then when they're writing on their papyrus. But nowadays, how many of you here type on your computers? A lot of you here do, right? And I learned this the other day, that if you're doing a text message and use all capitals... That's like shouting, huh? Is that true? Okay, I've been shouting at people, and I, I haven't been meaning to do that. But, you know, what it would be in the Greek language is that last word, God, theos, it would be capitalized, because that's the emphasis. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, was with God, and the word was God. That's the way you're supposed to read it, because that's the emphasis. And that's the reason we celebrate Christmas is because it wasn't just your typical teacher, your random rabbi, your passing prophet. It was God who was born. God. Because it says there in verse 14, and the word became flesh, God in it, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. That's Christmas, you guys. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And, you know, we beheld His glory, John says. And this is probably in reference to the disciples. You cross-reference it to 1 John. We touched Him. We heard Him. Speaking of the Word, He became flesh. We beheld His glory. What was His glory? What was it that when they looked at Christ, they saw the glory of God. What was it? Did he glow? No. It was his words. It was his works. It was the grace. And it was the truth that came from the heart of God to save us. Because what is it that saves us? It's the grace and truth. If you read on right here, it says, John bore witness of him, cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace, for the law was given through Moses. But here it is again. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's like he contrasts the old covenant with the new covenant and he summarizes the new covenant with two words grace and truth you know if you're here today and you're like you know what i i'm not worthy i'm not able i've blown it you know the good news for us today is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is different than the old covenant. He came. And what happens, you guys, is that when we place our faith in Christ, then that grace covers us. The truth is the grace covers us and it washes us of all our sins. 
And so when you die, when I die, where are we going to go? We're going to go to heaven. We're going to have a, you know, a reconciliation barbecue there in heaven, you know, Calvary Chapel Almani. We're going to heaven. Why? Because of the fact that God has given us this amazing, amazing grace that we don't deserve. And this grace that he gives to us is not only a grace that saves us, you guys. It's a grace that God says, I want to use your life to the fullest extent. I look at Calvary Chapel, Almani, and maybe I'm biased. Probably am. But I'm blown away. I am blown away. Not and what God has done in your life. Yes, in your life, amazing. But what he's done in my life, that he's ignited this fire, he's ignited this passion that I've never seen before, that I see it in your life. And I'm just saying to you right now, as we, we're at this crossroads, don't miss it. God wants to move. And he wants you to be a part of it. So we've got to make a decision. You know, one of the last things that I'll share is, you know, the way that it works in Christmas is, is kind of funny. Um, usually, if you know someone's going to give you a gift, you, you kind of want to give them a gift back, huh? You're like, oh, man. I, or not, hopefully you don't say, oh, man, but you're like, <laughs> I... I better. I should probably get them a gift, you know. If they love me enough to think of me, I, I really think it's cool. Hey, you know, funds are tight, but somehow you just find a way, you know, to, to get them a little something. And uh, wouldn't you say that that's the way we should look at Christmas again this year? Jesus is the gift that's been given to us. He's the gift that keeps on giving. You look under that tree, man, and you open those gifts. But I tell you what, um, give him a gift too. Doesn't that make sense? Give him a gift. What does the Bible say? Well, I had to look this one up in my phone because I, I couldn't find it. But in Proverbs twenty three twenty six, it says, My son, give me your heart. The money's cool. The time is cool. The things that you give, what we give, it's cool. He wants your heart. You guys, give him your heart. Let's do that. Father, I thank you for giving your son. Thank you for Christmas, the celebration of Jesus. Thank you for the beautiful people that are here today that you love so much. And if there are any here that don't know you, 
I pray that, Lord, today they would know the gospel, and that is that Jesus Christ came, he died, he was buried, he rose again on the third day. And that if we turn from our sins and place our faith in Jesus, we're free and we're forgiven. I guess it all comes down to the the request that you gave. It's kind of funny. God asked for something. You asked for our heart. And so, Lord, I want to give you my heart. And I pray that many others tonight would have that same desire. We give you our heart. As a church, we give you our heart. By your Holy Spirit, Lord, help us to give you our heart. And bless your people, Lord, this year. Not just another Christmas. Not just another time and season of being busy about our own business. But Lord, a year like never before. Thank you so much for the work you're doing. Bless your people. I pray. Give us a new start. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.